0: Latino Stories, Historias Latinas, es un podcast que nace del proyecto de narrativas orales de Latinos en Ohio, Oral Narratives of Latinos en Ohio, con entrevistas en español, inglés, and spanglish. Welcome to Latina Latino Stories. I'm Elena Foulis. Today, I have a group of students with me who were a part of a field school class on border issues and activism. Can you please introduce yourselves?
1: Hola, me llamo Gino. Um, Soy estudiante en Ohio State University. Um, Termino mi segundo año en la universidad y soy de Kent, Ohio. Um, Estudio el español desde los 14 años y... Estudio la literatura comparativa, entonces tengo mucho interés en estos topics, esta carrera y todo lo que hago en la uni. Sí, creo Mm que eso es todo.
2: Sí, y yo soy Anaís Fernández. Um, yo estoy haciendo un double major con español y uh, PPE (Philosophy, Politics, Economics). Um, estoy en mi segundo año. Nací en Arequipa, Perú, pero uh, me emigre acá cuando tenía cinco años y estoy viviendo en Columbus, Ohio, desde ahí. Muy
3: bien. Hola, me llamo Max y estudio política pública y estoy en mi tercer año en la universidad y so de Austin, Texas.
0: muy bien un tejano sí. <laughs> um, so this semester like I mentioned uh, earlier you participated in a class called Ohio Field School course on border issues and activism what drew you to take in this class
1: uh, pues por mí como yo dije he estado estudiando español por mucho tiempo um, pero mayormente a mí me interesa La literatura, como dije, pero tam, también la política y uh-huh. cuáles son las implicaciones de estudiar la literatura y también entender lo real. Y también eh, tengo una amiga que es hondureña que era indocumentada, uh-huh. o oh, creo que tal vez no indocumentada no sé todos los detalles. Pero, pero uh-huh. Sí, y recibió su green card. Entonces, como he aprendido sobre su experiencia, quería aprender más de la, de la gente, de los migrantes en Ohio específicamente. Uh-huh.
2: Uh-huh. Sí, y pues conmigo lo que pasa es que como yo me inmigré acá a los cinco años, así que re, re, uh, it resonated with me. Uh-huh. Y especialmente creciendo en una comunidad como el, yo crecí, yo viví, Cinco meses en Lincoln Park uh-huh, yeah. uh, Y después de eso He andado con una comunidad Que es latinoamericana Mixed status families uh-huh. Y mientras que yo no tenía que preocupar De um, like The status of, de mi familia Siempre tenía um, amigos uh-huh. uh, que, que su situación No era tan similar como la mía uh-huh. Claro uh-huh. Um,
3: Nací en Teasi um, por eso a menudo me he que los problemas que afectan a los inmigrantes a, um, a la frontera no sólo están cerca de la frontera y um, que afectan a los inmigrantes y refugiados en las comunidades que soy de aparte de er, soy parte de aquí en ohio uh-huh,
0: uh-huh. pues me gusta escuchar esta conexión personal que han, han tenido ustedes ya sea a través de personas, amigas o amigos que conocen o la comunidad donde han vivido, ¿no? A lot of times as our personal story draws us to this type of sort of farther study or engagement. Clara. Um so what have you learned about Ohio immigrants? And some of you seem to have had maybe previous knowledge on this topic.
1: Pues yo lo que conozco de los inmigrantes no era, antes de tomar la clase del field school, no era, I didn't know very much about it, mm. the technical details or anything. Sabía de, de las actitudes que tenía la gente, mm-hmm. que tenía mi propia familia, hacía esos tópicos y quería aprender más. Um, por lo que conozco de mi amiga, um, she had a lot of a privilege, there was a lot of sort of connections that she had to be in the place that she was in and i knew that you sort of had to navigate the law in order to be in the position that she was at um and it was almost like she didn't even entirely understand it herself either right. so i knew that it was a very complex uh situation i knew that it was difficult to navigate um so yeah, that's my my first impression or what i knew going into this
2: mm-hmm Sí, para mí creo que lo más sorprendente de, de este field school fue la conexión entre la engineering y uh-huh. en, uh, esto, esto, estos problemas de la inmigración y todo eso, porque fuimos a lugares donde hubo personas que you would consider indigenous, right. like Mexico y otros lugares, uh-huh. y luego están a, se han inmigrado acá, han venido acá y luego los consideran indocumentados al mismo A veces les quitan parte de su identidad, agrupándolos como latinos. Y así que para mí eso eso fue lo que más sobresalió y con con lo que más me conecté. Especialmente considerado que estoy estoy aprendiendo el quechua y todo eso. Pero yendo al programa Going Into This, lo que... Ya tenía experiencia con estas historias. I had a very close friend of mine que su padre hace unos años was deported. Uh-huh. Y tenía que estar ahí con ella, más o menos con- consoling her y todas uh-huh. esas cosas. Right. Y así que entiendo esa esa parte, pero creo que viéndolo en un... En, Un lens con los recursos que hay para inmigrantes y quién son para quién son estos recursos fue lo que más struck onto me.
0: Right, right.
3: Mi comprensión sobre los problemas que afectan a los inmigrantes y refugiados en Oaxaca cambió un poquito más. Um, con like, después de la escuela o field school uh-huh. y antes de la experiencia supe que hay una población diversa de inmigrantes en Ohio de países por el mundo pero pensé que muchos de los inmigrantes tienen los mismos problemas um, después conocimos muchos activistas, inmigrantes y partidarios en Cincinnati y en Cleveland uh-huh. he aprendido que mientras muchos de los inmigrantes comparten problemas similares Cada comunidad tienen, tiene tiene su, sus propias dificultades y el gobierno y organizaciones sin fines de lucro um, necesitan entender las diferencias para um, servir sus poblaciones de manera. Apropiada.
0: Claro, uh, solo el hecho de que mencionaste, ¿no? De que, por ejemplo, la comunidad y, y vamos a hablar más de eso. Pero yo sé que en Cincinnati hay una población uh, maya, ¿no? Sí. Grande de, de vienen de Guatemala, ¿no? Entonces asumir que, verdad, tenemos estos estas etiquetas, ¿no? These labels like latino, latina, latinx or hispanic, you know, in some cases. Um, but we're vi- we're a very diverse group. Claro. Uh, no solamente en raza, etnicidad, pero también en lengua. Entonces, una de las cosas que es sorprendente y lo que lo que tú mencionabas, Max, de que el gobierno debe de entender estas particularidades, ¿no? De cada uh, eh, grupo dentro del grupo grande de latino no que tiene que ver con la lengua no porque por ejemplo como vamos a servir a la población guatemalteca que habla español como segunda lengua a veces no hablan español um, eh, en su en su lengua nativa no um, you know, and, and en everything that's associated with um, with uh, carrying that sort of indigenous identity, right, that uh, we don't always think about, right? As somebody from Guatemala, very different than somebody from um, the Dominican Republic, for example, ¿verdad? Incluso México, que son vecinos, ¿verdad? Sí. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you feel about the way the media or mainstream rhetoric portray immigrants? How do they talk about immigrants uh, what do you feel um, it's lacking? What's what's the what's actually fact about what? What are some of the facts about immigrants? And and if you can be specific about Ohio, that'd be great.
2: Así que creo que lo más obvio es que hay una diferencia, especialmente ahorita vemos con los de Ucrania y todo eso mm-hmm. lo que está pasando mm-hmm. entre entre los inmigrantes que son blancos y los inmigrantes que no son blancos y especialmente en los derechos que esas personas deben de tener cuando están entrando a este país. Yo puedo hablar de mí misma, aunque yo soy peruana, he venido acá de una forma legal, pues considerada legal con mi green card y todo eso. Hay personas que me miran a mí y pues ven a una persona que no merece estar acá, uh-huh. que no pertenece acá, aunque estoy aunque he vivido acá ya más de como 15 años. Uh-huh. Y hay persona y ven a personas que han nacido acá en Ohio que hablan inglés perfectamente y todo eso y les dicen tú no perteneces acá. Y así que eso creo que es lo más obvio, pero en en lo en lo que ha, hemos aprendido en hablando de los recursos uh-huh. es que hemos visto que hay uh, diferentes categorizaciones uh-huh. entre personas los uh, los migrantes de asylum m- inmigrantes de refugee uh-huh. inmigrantes que vienen que que han agarrado una U visa versus una T visa uh-huh. Uh-huh. y uh, y toda esa sección de indocumentados y DACA que están en como una nube donde ni tienen un un camino a a citizenship. Y cómo eso les han afectado ambos en su capacidad de poder expresarse, pero en pedir ayuda.
0: ¿Quieren agregar algo más?
3: Este hecho no es específicamente por Ohio, uh-huh. pero um, a menudo pienso que los medios sugieren que los, um, que los inmigrantes toman los puestos de otros americanos o que recibieron dinero del estado o del gobierno, pero evitan pegar los impuestos. Es un mito común um, por, por el país y en otras o otros países también uh-huh. um, sin embargo la realidad es que muchas personas pagan impuestos um, pero no pueden usar los recursos uh-huh. de um, del gobierno y trabajan en puestos que otros americanos no prefieren um, en la redada um, en Salem uh, de, la redada de Freshmark la fábrica de Freshmark en Salem durante nuestro viaje a uh-huh. uh, Cleveland or um, cerca de Cleveland mm-hmm. um, fue después de la redada la fábrica tienen, or tiene problemas con con with production because mm-hmm. because after the raid members of the community weren't willing to to go work in the conditions that people were subjected to in the factory and I, I thought it was quite a contrast after we after we visited the the specific factory um and i th- it was quite evident that it was quite evident that there was a myth being told about mm. um m- even members of the community thought that this al- this was going to be an opportunity for people who were un other people who were unemployed in the community however it in fact w- wasn't the case and and um and i I found that kind of a concrete example of how this pervasive myth was, it was just a myth um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in this example.
0: Right, right.
1: También quisiera agregar que sí tienen que pagar in- impuestos, pero muchas veces la gente habla como si los inmigrantes benefician de todos los recursos que el proceso de llegar acá es muy fácil, mm-hmm. especialmente en cuanto a ley y, y los tribunales, y, y aprendí que los tribunales en, en que pasa todo esto de, de la inmigración son administrativos y no son judiciales, they're not judicial courts, uh-huh. y no se les dan due process, no provean eh, abogados, uh-huh. nada así, y también aún hay otras cosas como al recibir DACA, uh-huh. salir del país, hay que pagar, no uh-huh. sabía nada de eso y uh-huh. también... Eh, Hay que pagar y se me olvida el nombre de de that program, but to actually leave the country. Uh, um,
0: advanced parole. Yes, mm-hmm. advanced parole. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: pero eso me sorprendió mucho um, y la gente, especialmente mi propia familia, habla como si Llegar acá, es muy fácil. Pero no, y hay que tener dinero y Mm ni mi familia lo lo tenga y y como que los inmigrantes lo van a tener muy, muy fácil.
0: Ya, no, yo creo que lo que están diciendo son muy buenos puntos, ¿no? Eh, Hay una falta de, pues no hay falta de información, pero hay falta de interés en esta información, ¿no? Porque muchos, sobre todo en los medios de comunicación o ciertos grupos, ¿no? Uh, ya tienen una imagen de los inmigrantes inmigrantes indocumentados y es eso lo que son es es eso lo que buscan no buscan um, eh, que que esas ideas ya establecidas eh, sean validadas a través de you know like uh, um, social media, the news, todo eso, ¿no? Pero no se toman el tiempo para entender, por ejemplo, el, el diferente tipo de inmigrantes o de visas, al, cómo llegan aquí, ¿no? Ya sea sí. refugiados, um, asilo, um, 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 por visas, por diferentes tipos de visa, ¿no? Sí. Y los permisos y las cosas que pueden hacer con ciertas visas o no. Um, Y creo que esto es lo que complica, ¿no? Esta idea de, um, de también encajar a todos los inmigrantes en un grupo. Sí. Todos venimos de diferentes formas. Y, y el ejemplo que diste que diste tú sobre Ukraine, right? Ukraine refugees versus other types of refugees, especially from like Central America right now. There is an element of race, ¿verdad? Yeah. Eh, y esto lo estamos viendo. Como estamos muy abiertos um, aceptar aceptar a aceptar a las personas de Ukraine, which I agree, right, yeah. I, they should come there. Um, pero cerramos la puerta para eh, otros y tenemos que, o sea, no podemos ignorar el aspecto de raza. Los, las personas eh, refugiadas que vienen de Ukraine son personas blancas versus personas uh, indígenas o um, No blancas, no, que vienen de Mm Centroamérica. So I think, Max, you started to talk about this, but I want us to maybe explore this topic a little bit more. When we think of borders, right, and when we think of immigration or immigrants, uh, we typically think, about the Mexican-U.S. borderlands, um, especially right when we're when we're talking about immigration issues and things like that. Uh, but how are border issues relevant to our community here?
3: Al extremo, problemas asociados con la frontera son visibles en Ohio por la presencia de ICE en las carceles de tres condados. Pienso que en Geauga, Moro and y Seneca, uh-huh. um, y además ICE condujo una redada que um, referí um, de la fábrica de Freshmark en Salem, Ohio, y like, estos eventos están ocurriendo aquí en Ohio, no uh-huh. en el sur oeste um, del país, es uh-huh. aquí en nuestras comunidades, um, le, lejos de, de, de la
0: frontera. De la frontera geográfica, ¿verdad? Sí. Okay. Hablando
2: de los mítidos, hartas personas piensan que todo lo que pasa es por la frontera porque pueden visualmente ver a las personas que no tienen los documentos correctos entrando en las masas, en estas cárceles, y hay ahí todo ese ese tipo de imágenes y ese imagery. Pero lo que no, lo que creo que hartas personas faltan de acordarse, forget to remember, es que la mayoría de los inmigrantes uh, over, that are undocumented overstay on their visa. Uh-huh. So, así que lo que pasa es que vienen acá por aviones y uh-huh. luego eligen cualquier estado que quieren estar yertas, pero hay una comunidad grande acá latinoamericana en Ohio uh-huh. y así que yo conozco a hartas personas que lo que ha pasado es que han venido se han quedado, overstay their visa uh-huh. y después se encuentran en una situación donde ya no tienen documentos para estar acá. Y así que así es ¿Cómo lo podemos ver acá en nuestra comunidad? Y es como, es simplemente no me hablando, porque hay artes compañías acá que, um, especialmente en el abuso de... Um, um, the ones that hire workers, like part-time... Contractors. Contractors, contractors. Okay. contractors the, uh-huh. the contractors here. Y todo eso. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: Claro.
1: Sí, también, um, para mí, por lo que yo he experimentado... Eh, las fronteras existen en que hay concentraciones en que hay la gente blanca y que hay la gente hispanohablante uh-huh. y en mi hometown es like como tenía unos cuantos amigos hispanohablantes pero solo los, los, las conocí porque eran clases de, de español uh-huh. y que tenía interés y también en Colombia es como hay esa misma situación en que no, no hay mucha gente um, Bonabla- o sea, que no es mainstream uh-huh. y no hay una mezcla así. Y también en, en, en los sitios que visitamos es como todos los inmigrantes quedan juntos porque es donde donde se sienten. They feel safe. Uh-huh. Y um, en, en ese aspecto he visto mucho. Y quiero que tenemos un, una mezcla más compleja y especialmente comparado con lo de Texas, um, hablábamos mucho de la diferencia en Ohio aunque sí hay poblaciones es um, más it's more polarized in that the communities don't seem to be as mixed together as maybe they might be in the south or they're very ignored because mm-hmm. in Ohio we're no, you know it's it's seen that oh you know we're not near the actual border that we see and so right. these communities are ignored in that way
0: yeah and I think I think that's a good um, way to, to to maybe describe Ohio where we could sometimes create our own borders right because within the for example the city of Columbus, uh, we do have neighborhoods that are primarily um, You know, where there's a large, larger concentration of uh, the Latinx community, right? Um, So you mentioned Lincoln. um, Was it Lincoln? Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park. mm -hmm. Um, So that area of the west side and then the area of, like, Whitehall, there's, you know, there's a concentration. So there is that sort of geographical um, borders within a city that we create, uh, but it goes beyond that, right It goes the issues like thinking that um, and those are great examples, Max, that you mentioned about ice and and the rates the ice rates, and certain um, factories right we had a couple years ago we also had a raid in a, a dairy factory, and there was a meat factory also on northeast Ohio. Uh, So those issues are here. But more than anything, like we have students here at Ohio State University that are DACA and undocumented or like me, immigrant, right? Um, We have professors here that are that have family members with, um, like you mentioned before, mixed status um, families, right? So a parent is still dealing with immigration issues, right? Difficulties. Uh, So the so. To think that those issues or those concerns are only of the border between U.S. and Mexico is really um, to simplify this very complex, you know, issue of immigration and how, you know, we have people in our own family, in our own community that are facing some of these challenges, right? Definitely. Um. Part of your work in this class was visiting Cincinnati and Cleveland. Uh, talk to me about the these experiences. Um, you visited um, a couple of learning sites. Uh, tell me about what you did and what you learned from them.
3: See, sí, visitamos muchos sitios en Cincinnati y Cleveland. Pero um, en Cincinnati, eh, visit visitamos. When, or in una biblioteca de Vicendario o Barrio um de Clifton um, Visitamos we had two speakers that we were we were able to um, that we were able to listen to. One the first one was Cheryl Rajbandari of the nonprofit Heartfelt Tidbits, and the other was Maria Cabrera de Casa de Paz, um una activista who, who had started a shelter for domestic for victims of domestic violence in Cincinnati, and both of them told us their stories. And I'm starting here. This isn't the the first this the first site that we visited, but it was one that had impacted me um, mm-hmm. the most because right. um, in in Columbus, or I had wanted to connect a little bit of what um, Shail Rajbandari of Heartfelt Tidbits um, had said. About or h- how she had um, approached providing services to immigrants and refugees with Heartfelt Tidbits, and a comparison I had with um, an organization in Columbus. And mm-hmm. in Cincinnati, conocimos a Rajbandari, la fundadora de Heartfelt Tidbits, una organización sin fines de lucro de Cincinnati que tiene la meta de mejorar las vidas de inmigrantes y refugiados paso a paso. Mm-hmm. Um, Para llegar a esa meta proporciona muchos programas de en inglés y ciudadanía, apoyo de los jóvenes y una, una un programa llamado nuevos vecinos um, y todos esos programas son parte de del bienvenidos largo um, de que, que intenta los huecos en servicios de organizaciones que proporcionan um, apoyo a corto plazo. Um, Y la provisión de sus servicios finitos seguía por la idea de autosuficiencia, que la, funda- la fundadora Cheryl cree es la llave al éxito en la transición de los refi- refugiados a América en la comunidad de Cincinnati. Uh-huh. Y la fundadora cree en la meta de autosuficiencia al punto que Rehuso, um, rehuso instalarse los refugiados en la vivienda pública es um, hubo una muy interesante um, oír y de esta punta dijo que the biggest mistake is is um, making the people we serve feel like they can't they don't have the capacity to be accountable um, to to make them um, feel like I guess to to build a relationship where there is a provision of both ways, being able to, I guess, in a in a phrase like "earn earn your keep." And um, I thought that that phrase stuck out to me. It was it was interesting um, because, uh, like, no or, no hace falta decirlo. Aborda la provisión de recursos con un amor duro, mm-hmm. um, uh, donde no donde apoyan los inmigrantes y refugiados que muestran el potencial a tener éxito en la transición a autosuficiencia esa comment. Es, es ese, that comment was. It, it was interesting to me, and it was interesting, an interesting insight into the approach that um, specific organizations have towards providing services. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. en las experiencias he tenido con otras organizaciones sin fines de lucro que apoyan a los inmigrantes y refugiados en Columbus. Hay otras estrategias para llegar al mismo objetivo. Mm-hmm. Y um, por ejemplo. Um, Me he ofrecido como voluntario um, a Community Refugee and Immigration Services, Chris, en Ohio, uh, una organización sin fines de lucro que ayuda a los inmigrantes y refugiados a tener seguridad y autosuficiencia en la transición a vida en Ohio. Mientras que la autosuficiencia es la última meta, la organización trabaja Trabaja a proporcionar tantos recursos como sea posible a todas que los necesitan Sin la meta directa de autosuficiencia como príncipe que guía todas sus acciones I just mean to say that I found a contrast between Providing resources with the the ultimate goal of securing Mm self-sufficiency for for people who need that, it, I think, or refugees and immigrants that are served by both of these um, nonprofits, was I think that's the ultimate goal of both of them, and I think there there was just a difference in approach towards how you distribute the resources that you have as, as a nonprofit, and um, and in with, with in the case of Chris, I found it was different as we're going to do as much as we can with resources that we have. To and give them to whoever who needs it. Mm-hmm. Um, in comparison to uh, approach of of being able to to evaluate the potential for self sufficiency um, at the beginning of the process of providing resources. And I I thought there was, there is a, a difference between both organizations that um, if you look at both their websites look they look pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And within in Ohio I I brought those up just because while we didn't visit chris and and columbus i thought it was hearing hearing the work that's done in another city just within um the same state i think it goes back to that idea of while <laughs> while the idea of immigration issues is is I feel like it's seen through the paradigm of a specific group of people and all government agencies Mm -hmm. and services or or nonprofits around the country doing the same thing. Um, And how even in Ohio, that's not the case. Even an hour away, Mm -hmm. a little over an hour away, uh, there's complete different communities um, for one, but also the organizations or the nonprofits in this example um, are approaching providing services in a completely different way. And I thought that, that was really interesting during our trip.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, one of the most interesting places that we visited was um, this church. I will not say the name of the church due to the privacy of the people. Um, pero lo que pasa es que esta iglesia was filled with guatemaltecos, mm-hmm. specifically indigenous uh, second language learners of Spanish, guatemaltecos. Mm-hmm. And comparing it to another place that we visit, which was, let me remember, what was the other place that we visited the, the the, church in the
3: Clifton England? the, the Clifton, Clifton Methodist Church, church. yeah Where?
2: and specifically because they both dealt with um, the Guatemalteco community mm-hmm. uh, the indigenous Guatemalteco community y um, claro que había una diferencia one was led by a mm-hmm. um while the other was sort of this representation of um, utilizing resources of um, utilizing them as a sort of propaganda scheme Well, mm-hmm. which felt which that felt like to me mm-hmm. um, por ejemplo cuando llegamos a la iglesia of
3: St. Paul in Salem, Ohio are you referring to?
2: yeah St. Paul in Salem, Ohio um, nos dieron uh, acá lo tiene es mm-hmm. un uh, es un representativo visual yo ya sé que ustedes no pueden ver pero tiene una imagen de un, uh, un bebé mm-hmm. y ahí ese bebé n- ni sé cuántos años tiene pero es como what are um, nonprofits putting at their forefront in terms of their visuals, in terms of how they're representing undocumented people? Mm-hmm. ¿Y por qué eso importa in terms of how other communities have to are, are uh, supporting, apoyando a estas comunidades? Mm-hmm. Específicamente porque dentro de la iglesia hubo harta um, imagery de como the textiles uh, specifically la, la, um, Maria no what was her name oh, I have it written down in St. Paul yeah in St. Paul Reen 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 specifically talked about how um, some of the, what the, the the women chose to wear their traditional outfit to um, the church and they hadn't done that in a long time sort of tokenizing uh, the experiences of the I feel. Well, mm-hmm. at least that's how it felt to me. Mm-hmm. Um, porque cuando a lo menos es como para mí se sintió es porque cuando yo estaba en este evento mm-hmm. I was asking myself a lot of questions. Like, por qué están utilizando este tipo de imagery mm-hmm. en representando like why is this why is this pamphlet the first thing that they gave to us? Mm-hmm. Why is the form that they're speaking uh, positioning these people as sort of like we're coming in to help them mm-hmm. because they can't help themselves. Okay. Y así que para, me, para mí, para mi, al menos siendo parte de una comunidad que es similar pero diferente, es como cómo quiero ser representada en estas comunidades, en estos recursos de fines sin lucro. Porque es como a la misma vez yo tengo todo yo y todos los demás todas las demás personas tienen el derecho de estar acá and that shouldn't be questioned uh-huh. and when it is questioned like how are we approaching that kind of conversation and from what lens um, and what point of view and so that's what really stuck out to me
1: sí y también um, en cuanto a la iglesia suelo ser un poco crítico de, de que Las instituciones mayormente son religiosas y en particular en Cleveland las organizaciones haciendo el trabajo, y está bien que san, están haciendo el trabajo, que nadie más lo, lo quiere hacer, okay. pero um, hay implicaciones de que el Estado no no dan a los migrantes los recursos que necesitan y que las instituciones religios, religiosas tienen que... Um, ...apoyar a los inmigrantes de esta manera, como ya mencionó Anaís, que se sintió muy incómoda en en esa iglesia, and tokenizing, y aún tengo una foto de un libro que dice El Sexo y el Adolescente Cristiano, y es como tenemos this westernization uh, notion in religion, and a lot of the imagery, like she said, made her uncomfortable, but then I also felt that um, in some ways that this These could be very harmful notions or very foreign notions to people who already don't speak the westernized language of Spanish, Mm -hmm. let alone, you know, maybe they don't have experience. And I don't want to speak for anybody as far as that's concerned, you know. But um, I just wish that there were more resources from the state and that throughout the entire duration of our trip, it became increasingly clear that religious institutions were at the forefront of this. Um, and I just was thinking of what other implications there were um, for that.
0: Yeah, I think that there is a complicated um, uh, relationship, a history with the church in uh, helping immigrants. So I think some of the churches might be um, doing a more, you know, looking at it through the social justice lens. Um, also, because uh, immigrants, many of them, my the church is familiar to them. You know, just even if they are practicing or non-practicing Christians, um, this church is a familiar place, right? And so, so when they they attend churches, it um, might be looking for resources for community, right? But I agree that there th- there is this line where. Um, you know, churches could become more paternalistic. You know, have this paternalistic view of um, already minoritized communities or oppressed communities to the way that they remove their own agency, right? So that the their um, they're talking to them or their, you know, their approach to helping them is like, pobrecitos, no saben, verdad, no saben qué sí. hacer o no sa- necesitan ayuda, which might be true, but people still have agency, right? Pe- yeah. People still have full humanity, um, and they understand what they need. They understand their own sort of what they're lacking, how their view, right? Um, and, and we need, to, whether we are the church or we're not the church, we need to always be aware of that. Like, people... When you're helping people, we have to be guided by them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I do think that um, it's interesting that you're talking about the church and how you see the absence of government, you know, organizations or uh, maybe other non-religious. Uh, nonprofit organizations stepping in, um, and and I think that's it could be because you know if you're a government organization, there's this political, you know, backlash that you might face if you're helping immigrants, let alone undocumented immigrants, right? Yeah. Um, so that so instead they don't they hold everything back, right? They don't do anything, um, and. Um, I think there. I don't know. Maybe nonprofit organizations um, need to also think about how they are supporting, you know, the immigrant community. But yeah, that's an interesting point. point um that. I'll give you a minute. Are you good? No, it's <laughs> okay. I'll give you a minute. <laughs> uh-huh. Don't worry, it's
3: not COVID. <laughs> post-nasal
0: drip. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, That's okay. That's okay. Um, yeah, so, you know, um, I think um, uh, there are, uh, throughout history, there's been, you know, this sometimes dirty, you know, or uh, unpleasant history of uh, churches yeah. um, stepping into communities and, you um, and not, and really removing or like um, um imposing views or beliefs um and then there's other churches that have been more um woke right more <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> they're more um you know interested in really pushing for social justice and, uh, and um in um empowering you know the community rather than um just um Sort of being the voice for them, right? So there, there is a difference in the approach and how they do that, and and it might be that you've seen. Um, I don't know if you were able to see sort of this differences between maybe one church and, and another or a Christian organization versus another.
2: Yeah, no definitely. The interdisciplinary, the inter
0: Community Justice and Peace Center?
2: Inter Community Justice and Peace Center uh, started out as a uh, formation from a church group mm-hmm. and then later involved into evolved into like a nonpartisan type of nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there ha- throughout the trip and throughout both Cincinnati and Cleveland We definitely got to see different points of view from different organizations, some that were led by um, undocumented uh, women like La Paz, Mm -hmm. who then saw what they were missing, que les faltaban, y luego... um, decided to bring that into their community in inspiration from other organizations mm-hmm. that were based in Chicago y todo lo demás and then other communities that sort of were uh, organizations que um sort of saw an event like the the raid at
3: the fresh market raid
2: at okay. the fresh market and decided this is the moment where we can step in and help mm-hmm. and they vary differently in terms of their approach and how they started in in on how they were gonna continue. But I definitely, like, yeah, I d- definitely agree with you. It's something that we always have to consider in, in terms of evaluating and thinking about how to provide resources for um, people who might be mixed status too. And, right. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And also with, um, we worked with Brian, who was our main guide in Cleveland, um, he's with the Interreligious Task Force in Central America and I did really appreciate the work that he was doing in that Mm -hmm. whereas like at St. Paul's Church it felt like there was very much that religious motive Uh, when Brian spoke to us I believe the first time we had just arrived at the hotel and he was talking about basically U.S. interventionism um, and leftism in South America and I really appreciated that he already began the conversation from a historical aspect and it didn't really feel like the motive was religious, it felt like um it was political and it came from those sort of fundamental uh beliefs and, and about ways in which we operate you know with these large institutions on a global scale and then trickling down and getting the individual experiences and that felt very authentic to me and I appreciated that
3: I think um in communities and comunidades like como Salem Ohio uh, un comunidad muy pequeña y like Hay una escasez de, de recursos um, que, apoyan, que apoyan los inmigrantes y eh, en la historia y en muchas comunidades en los Estados Unidos, um, vi que las iglesias um, están um, apoyando a los inmigrantes o cualquier persona necesita ayuda porque es, es um, una escasez de apoyo del gobierno. No es porque uh, la iglesia es, um, like, quiere, uh, quiere indoctrinate. They want to. Uh, sometimes I see in specifically small communities, when when there's a lack of resources or the government or a specific agency isn't stepping in, I see that. That's when, in something like Salem, Ohio, in, in St. Paul's Cathedral, I think they see it as a, as, as a mission central to their ideas mm-hmm. of, like, social teachings of the the religion of catholicism in this instance i see it although there are it's it's all the and, and intentions obviously um um are one thing and actual actions and representation are another but i think uh, specifically in ohio and in smaller communities like salem the i i see i see it as the, the church is stepping in and filling a role that should should could be filled by someone else but they're doing but they're guided by their social teachings and I think the 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 ways that they provide those services or how they step in is is important and I think it's really important to understand how how um like how people provide services or how people um, market or yeah. how people pre- like present how they support those services but I think I guess the bottom line for me sometimes is there was nobody else, and they're guided by their social teaching to fill this hole.
0: Right, definitely. Right. Yeah, I, I I always think, you know, with the, the marketing that you showed me with the picture of, you know, the, the baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, I always think, like, um, you know. Uh, let's give people benefit, uh, benef- the benefit of the doubt and think that they do have good in- intentions, right? But also part of our good in- intention should be to can you have somebody from this community look at the materials that yeah. you put in out, look at the description, look at, you know, and get their feedback uh, to make sure that what you're putting forth is just uh, representation that's not tokenizing this community right Definitely. Um, so yeah no great i'm glad that you got to see all of this sort of different organizations and how they op- operate and what what you feel um, is a just representation or um, you know what's lacking i think we need to be critical of all of those things um so part of your um, part of your work visiting each of these learning sites was also documenting the experiences through photo- photographs and journaling. Talk to me about this. What aspect of this assignment or activity was particularly helpful for you to understand the topic, the community's issues and your own personal experience best?
1: Um pues por mí para mí lo personal y aprender esta información cara a cara con la gente que está trabajando con con estas personas con estas organizaciones um, I absorbed it so much better uh-huh. y escribir en mi notebook y tomar notas todo así y luego poder hablar con mis compañeros que tienen experiencias muy variadas mm-hmm. that was so helpful that really like we had like me and Anais we had after the Freshmark raid yeah. me, her and Emily Like, we had such enriching conversations about a variety of topics and it all sprung because we happened to be in that experience together and it was nothing that like a lecture could have ever okay. replicated for sure um, but also um, one of the main things that I took away in thinking sort of outside of just who are the hispanohablantes, who are the Spanish-speaking immigrants. Um, We had one, um, she's a woman who lived in France, but she's from Senegal, and um, she spoke to us about all of her experiences, and her husband, who's from Mauritania, who um, had basically, I believe, fled the country because they had experienced a genocide, and I sort of was like, okay, it's also important to sort of step back from what I might specialize in or be very familiar with and realize that these... um, experiences are are varied in in the groups of people but also in that way when i think about like orality and hearing people speak i remember her voice i remember Mm. her accent i remember Mm. the way that that she expressed herself and her son was next to her and just that face-to-face interaction was something that um was very valuable and helped me actually digest and appreciate the information more Mm.
3: keep an ar- diorio, like, fue para mm-hmm. And uh, it was it was really valuable for me to be able to. Um, I think, like Gino had said, I had never done something like a field school <laughs> or anything mm-hmm. like this before, and being able to be in direct conversation with people provided. Me a better understanding, or or made things more lasting, um, and reminded me that although I can hear a lot of uh, facts or understand that there are issues existing in Ohio, um, it was important for me to be able to, I guess it, to realize that there are issues, and that being able to come face to face with um, people who are experiencing these issues, it helped me to understand that, to encourage me to realize that it's not okay to be complacent, um, because there are people in. And in the communities that I live in, I go to the the grocery store and and all these places where um, these issues that I see as almost static sometimes and the way they're presented in something like a lecture um, are ongoing. Mm -hmm. And and I would say that that was really valuable for me. And, yeah, I agree with you, Gina.
2: Yeah, for me, it was about basically the same thing. I've never done a field school before. And although I did have, like – living in in a community that can be considered like mm-hmm. there where we talked about these well we talked but not talked about it mm-hmm. so you knew the problems that happened within the community but you didn't know until afterwards what the Ohio fields field school did was really nail down like what is a U visa what is a T visa mm-hmm. what is the difference between a refugee and asylum and a person who comes here through asylum um, and I can I could relate it to my journey here coming on a lottery visa mm-hmm. and getting a green card and all all of that kind of stuff. Y así que para mí fue fue más de like ¿Cómo puedo regresar a mi comunidad y hablar de estas cosas? Mm-hmm. Por ejemplo, después de, de, like, the field school, a couple weeks later, I started asking my friend uh, about her journey um, since she is in a mixed-studied family. And she was talking to me about how, um, primerito, de, she went to court with her um, adult person and, um, in order to get a U visa, but then that was nullified, and now they had to. And I was like, "So you you were trying to get a U visa? Like, what was the event? Like all mm-hmm. of that kind of stuff?" Mm-hmm. Because there, within our community, I feel like, although you know the problems exist, mm-hmm. although you know, okay, um, um, this person was uh, deported a couple years ago. It's sort of like a traumatizing event and right. something that you don't want to talk about mm-hmm. uh, out in the open and so it really allowed me the space to to realize all of the behind the scenes the political aspect of it and that is one of the more more powerful things i took
0: away mm-hmm. right and i mean just you mentioning right the different kinds of visa like the u visa signals a specific traumatizing event yeah. that makes you qualified for this type of visa, which, you know, hopefully nobody ever has to experience that, right? But um, so, you know, talking about the different kinds of ways that people um, come here or remain here or are, uh, um, you know, go through the process of being, um, you know, a permanent resident or something like that, there is different paths, there is different experiences, some of them very traumatic yeah. Uh, in the way that, you know, um, and how that comes about as they become um, uh, residents or, you know, in the future citizens. And the, and the thing is that that doesn't affect only one person, right? It, it can affect the whole family. Um, it can affect a community. I imagine the raid in Salem, I mean, that's not just something that happened to a group of people. It happens, especially if it's a small community. It happened. It's a collective experience, right? Whether you want to acknowledge it or not, because of different levels of privilege that you might have, that happened in your community. Um, and and we need to talk about that. We need to face that. We need to see how uh, we make sure that that doesn't happen again, right? Um, so, so yeah, this experience is, um, I'm glad to hear, you know, sort of the different ways and what um, you have um, gained this knowledge whether you're, you know, part of that community or not. Um, we're all learning and growing through this process. Um, is there anything else that I didn't ask that you might want to add to this conversation?
1: Um, quisiera agregar también en hablar de, del rol de las instituciones religiosas y el Estado También el militarismo es algo uh-huh. de que me, me preocupo mucho. Que La amiga de que estaba hablando uh, acaba de juntarse sí, Joan Air Force. Uh-huh. And para mí fue muy triste que no creo que una persona debería sentir como que tiene que. Obligada. Sí. Uh-huh. Y cuando hablamos um, de ese tema, es importante pensar en eso también pero hablamos con Fátima que fue una un estudiante indocumentada que recibió DACA y creo que ahora she's going to law school pero es Hondureña um, y le pregunté si consideraba join, join the air force or the military was there any kind of pressure to do so, and she reiterated very strongly that she was literally going to join the Air Force until she really thought about her ethical questions about it and her feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was something really powerful, especially as well in talking to Miriam about um, the situation with her husband in Mauritania and how sort of violence and trauma is presented and and hearing just about the various uh, stories. And so um, that wasn't necessarily something very concrete, like when we talk about the definitions or different legal statuses, but that was very much present in the conversations, and something that I felt as well.
0: Right, that personal story, that personal, you know, uh, one-on-one conversations with, with people and, and, and what that means, right? What that means behind, what's the story yeah. behind that? Um, that's certainly something that you'll never forget. Jovenes, uh, gracias por esta conversación. Muchísimas gracias. Gracias, gracias. gracias. A todos, gracias por escucharnos y recuerden seguirnos en Facebook y de compartir este podcast con otros. Hasta la próxima.